Well, we are going to continue in our series, The Wisdom of God, this morning. Let's look at um, Proverbs, Proverbs 9, verse 10. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and the years of life will be added to you. Verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord. We talked about that. That doesn't mean you run away scared fear. That means honor, what we were just talking about. Honor, you reverence God. So the honor and reverence, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We talked about that some. That is the first step. Honoring Him is the first step to any true wisdom. There are many things that masquerade as wisdom in the earth, but anything that's truly wise is going to start with honoring God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied and years of life will be added to you. Now we looked at the definition of wisdom in uh, just the regular dictionary. One of those definitions is good sense, judgment. Uh, one of them is the ability to discern inner qualities and relationships. So it is the ability, and there's a number of other ones which we've covered, but we're not going to touch on this morning. It's the ability to see the true nature of things. The wisdom of God is to know, the wisdom of God is the heart and mind of God for any situation. True wisdom is to be able to see clearly what is in any circumstance. What's the underlying reality? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6, another scripture that we've read, kind of as our foundation. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. These things we also speak, not in words which men's wisdom teaches, verse 13, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual The, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Let's go back to verse 6. It says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So we're speaking wisdom, but it's not earthly wisdom. Verse 7, we speak the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is the mind and heart of God. 
the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Notice that it says, let's read verse 7 again, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Notice that, in a mystery and hidden wisdom. In other words, not obvious. Not obvious to everyone. Verse 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So they didn't know it. This twofold application here. Natural rulers, rulers but then the people... Then the, the spiritual forces behind the rulers of this age, demonic forces, satanic. But it says, they wouldn't, had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Skip down to verse 13. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but, with, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Notice, it's spiritually discerned. They're spiritual things, comparing spiritual with spiritual, not just natural. In other words, not just dealing with the physics of this realm, the, the, what we understand and can see and feel and hear and touch. We're not talking about just natural. We're talking about a spiritual backing, the reality, because everything that we see naturally was created from the spirit. The spirit realm though you can't see it with your physical eyes, is much more real than this natural. This natural was created from the spiritual. Just because you can't discern it with your natural eyes, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean it's not existing. There are all kinds of things you can't see with your natural eyes, but they exist. You can see them with the microscope. You can see them with special cameras. You know, years ago, we were just watching some old home videos, but I had a camcorder, you know, an actual something aside from your phone that you use to take videos, which nobody, unless they're like professional quality, uses anymore. But you know, mine was about this big, and that was getting smaller. Mine was about this big, but we bought it before our firstborn Brianna was born. And one of the features it had was, quote unquote, like night vision. So you could walk around and you could see in the dark, sort of. I mean, it was black and white. And what it did is it, it shined a, a light that you couldn't see, or, or I, don't, I can't remember if it was infrared or what. But it shined something so that the video camera could pick it up, and it looked like you were shining a spotlight in the room on the camera, but there was, you weren't actually shining any light, so you could see in the dark. Well, just because if you don't have that feature and you try to, to take a video, you don't see anything and the lights are off, and the camera can't pick it up. And even with that feature, it's not very good. At this, this was, you know, a long time ago. It wasn't like you could see, like, what I'm looking at you. You could kind of see it, but without that feature, you're going like this in the dark. You don't see anything. Does that mean the room suddenly isn't there? You know, all what you see is is light bouncing off something else and being picked up by your vision system. That's what we call vision, but if light doesn't bounce off something, you can't see it, it doesn't mean it's not there. That's all it is. Your eyes, my eyes, are just a, they're like a camera. Well, just like that, that camera that, if, if it doesn't have the night vision, it can't see in the dark, 
It doesn't mean things aren't there. Well, just because your natural eyes can't pick up spiritual things does not mean they're not there. There are spiritual forces in this room, all throughout this town, all throughout this state, nation, the world, that people aren't aware of that are very real. And because people can't see them with their eyes, they think they're not, they don't exist and don't act like they exist. Well, to operate in this realm and think those things that are there that are actually forming and influencing the world don't exist is completely acting without wisdom. That'd be You're acting like a whole foundation of what we're doing isn't even there. People act like the devil isn't real. Well, just because people think he isn't real because they can't see him, they think he's a made-up story or something, doesn't mean he's not very real and active. People believe God isn't real. Doesn't change the fact that he is. Well, if he is, why don't he show himself? Number one, he doesn't answer to you. Number two, he has revealed himself. Just look around. Go outside. Well, it all just happened. Well, okay, you're, you're, you're putting your head in the sand. See, that's not wisdom. But there, there is a wisdom, the reality of things that's been shrouded to people. They don't, they don't get it. They don't understand. It's darkened to them. Verse 14 says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. What, do you see any of that? Things of, of God being considered, just the stuff we were talking about. People say, oh, well, it doesn't exist. Why? Because you can't see it? Well, we can't pick it up for, with our instruments. So what? Can we see and discern things now in 2020 that we couldn't in 1820 as a, peop, as a world, you know, humanity? Of course. Did they not exist in 1820? I mean, some things didn't exist, but there's a whole lot of things that we can see now that have existed. Is it possible that things exist that we as, you know, the human race can't discern with natural technology. Is that, is that a thought? Is that possible? Of course it's possible. We're advancing all the time. Just, just in, in technology, we understand that. Well, then it's, it's not far-fetched at all to believe that there is a spirit realm that we can't pick up naturally with our senses, we can't pick it up with our equipment, but you can discern it. They are spiritually discerned. The natural man says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, you can't pick it up naturally. Cannot. In other words, you're trying to use the wrong equipment. It's that simple. You know, if you're using something visual to try to pick up audio, it's, it's the wrong equipment. You're not going to capture the right thing. Well, you cannot capture and discern spiritual reality with natural equipment, including your senses, your mind. You can't understand it, but it can be discerned. It's a spiritual thing. We are a spirit. There's a spiritual element to this world and to humanity 
that is largely ignored, but it is very real and it is shaping what we're seeing now, always has shaped it, but the things that we are seeing on the scene right now in the world, there is a spiritual element and people by a large, in a large portion ignore that and act like it's just a bunch of people doing all the things that are going on right now in the world. Sickness and disease has a spiritual element. Sickness and disease came into the world through sin, which came in the world through Satan. Acts 10.38, we don't have that scripture, but Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Sickness and disease has a spiritual element. These things, what we see in the world, there's an influence, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, to some degree. I'm going to go further today. But there is a spiritual influence in the world. There is a spiritual element in the world. Why certain things happen is not just based on what we see or what we can discern naturally. For instance, and we mentioned some of these things, but who stands behind the violence that happens that we've seen a lot of? Who stands behind when you see riots? Who stands behind modernism and humanism? that would deny the truth of God's Word, that would deny the Word of God? Who would deny the power of God? See, there's teaching, false teaching, that denies the power of God. It denies the truth of God's Word, says, well, it's a book, but it's not the Word of God. Where, did the, where does that influence come from? It's not just natural. It's spiritual. Satan stands behind those things, is behind pushing those things. Behind ideas like abortion, we mentioned that. Evolution, disease and sickness in the world. Who stands behind that? Who propagates that? Well, we know naturally how things work, but where, why did it get started? How does it, why do certain things move forward the way they do? The spirit of darkness when you, when you are going to pray, when you are uh, pressing into the things of God, and you, there's a pushback, what is that? Is that just natural? There's a spiritual element going on. There is a spiritual realm, and if we're not conscious of that, then we'll just say, oh, that person's doing something dumb, or why are they doing that? Why are they so stirred up? What In the world, the... the, the the uh, unrest and unsettling. There's more than just people with ideas. And we need to understand, when you, when you look at somebody and they have a different idea, you know, we're in the political season, we're going towards elections in November, and people look at other people, and there's so much animosity with other people. And if you just look at it with another, just another person, well, you have that, I don't like that, why are you saying that? 
that's missing the fact that there's a backdrop of spirituality across the whole world. That person, if they're believing something that's against God's word, they're deceived. It's not just them with a mind. And they, Jesus died for that person. They're precious to God. And it's not just, well, I don't like this and why this person doing it. See, that's naturally dealing with everything. That's not dealing with the underlying reality that there is a spiritual realm and a spiritual pressure and a spiritual push and a spiritual stirring. You see, what you're seeing in the world right now is not just natural. A couple times ago, we talked about the spirit of Antichrist. Antichrist means against Christ, against what God's word would teach. Christ is the anointed one. Jesus is the word. So ideas that come against, there is a spiritual force in this realm that would come against what is godly, what is right. If we understand that, we can, uh, we can approach society, approach our lives, approach our daily routine in a more enlightened way. When you're dealing with people, you're not just dealing with the person. You're dealing with ideas. Where did the ideas come from? You see people that are really, they're beside themselves, you know, stirred up, yelling, beside, just clearly not calm, clearly not rational. What is causing that? It's not just natural people that are excited about certain ideas or worked up. There is an underlying stirring, and there are spiritual elements involved. We need to understand that. 2 Corinthians 4.2, you can go back and listen to the message two weeks ago, the part four. You know, we, we spoke on some of these things. We're going a little deeper, but um, I encourage you to go back and listen to that if you didn't hear it. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2 says, But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Notice veiled. We read that the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom of God. Here it says that even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. It says whose minds the God of this age has blinded. See, there is a hidden element there is a reality that is not being discerned. Because if everybody understood clearly that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the only way to heaven, that God, that, that God uh, through Jesus has made and paid a ransom for all people, and the way to come to be right with God is through Him and only Him, and is the only payment. There is no idea that can substitute for the actual payment. In other words, you know, like in the offering we were talking about, or I guess it was communion, pay, paying off 
you know, if you had a debt, mortgage, a car, or whatever, and you made the payment, well, when you go to write the check or do the electronic payment, they don't take words as a payment or ideas or thoughts. Well, you know, I, I had this thought. I don't want to make the payment this month. What do you think? Is that going to go over with the person you owe the loan to? How about, I don't feel like that's, I don't feel like it's true that I owe a payment this month. Would that work? No, it's not going to work. They're going to say, cash, please, you know, what, just fill out the form online, whatever. I don't care what you feel. Sorry, don't mean to be rude, ma'am or sir, but you, you owe this amount. Okay, well, there is in the world, all humanity has fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. And there is no way to God other than the payment of Jesus' blood, period. So then what people do, and religion does, well, I think this should work. I, I, I believe this. And they, they, they'll say some idea that's not based on the Word of God. I believe there are many ways to God. doesn't matter what you believe. What does the Bible say, and what, what is the reality? If there's only one payment that's been made, anything else, any other idea, is just somebody's idea. But it doesn't make the payment. It doesn't, it doesn't make us right with God. So if the whole world, if people understood that's the reality, God in His great mercy has sent Jesus, and we can believe on Him, and we can trust Him, and confess Him as our Lord and Savior, believe that God raised Him from the dead, confess that He is the Son of God, and be saved, anybody that can see that is going to go, oh, that's what I have to, it's like, oh, I have to make the $10 payment, oh, I have to make the $500 payment, and I'm right with God. No, that's the, say, you know, my mortgage is paid, or my payment on my car is paid. Oh, I have to confess Jesus, and I'm right with God. Anybody that can see that, the reality is going to act on it. But they can be deceived, and they can be stubborn. But why would you be stubborn unless you're deceived? So it comes back to, you don't understand the reality. Why? Why? If, what's the shroud? What's the blindness? Because if that's the reality, and that's the only way, why will people fight for different ideas and fight? And say, well, that's just what you believe. But if there's a truth, if there's only one truth, if these other ideas, these things that we said where people get all, they get emotional, they get fired up, they will argue for something that is evil. It's wrong. They will argue for the right to do something that is destructive and that is clearly against why there's a blindness. Let's read this real quick. Verse 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 17. We looked at a couple of these, and we're going to go further. Ephesians 4, verse 17 says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. See, in their mind, trying to figure it out. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened. 
being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Let's just stop right there. Let's go back. Let's read verse 17 and go through this again. Verse 17, This I say therefore in testifying the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. So there is a life of God. There is a truth. But he's saying don't be alienated from that life. How? Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. So what's keeping the truth from getting to people? Because of ignorance. What's ignorance? It doesn't mean you're stupid. It means you don't know. Why? They don't know. And so there's blindness. And so they're alienated from the power and the, the, the life of God that has actually been provided for every person. In the earth right now, the truth is Jesus is Lord. And then if we call on Him, we can be in His family, be saved. And if, every, if we got that job done, we'd be out of here. But... There is a spiritual element that people largely ignore. Verse 19 says, Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. We read this last week, or last time, a couple times ago. Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Do you see that? Do you see that right now? I actually, I saw something, a celebrity uh, tweeted, and it said, you know, they were talking about the election. They said, this is good versus evil. Except, I, I can tell you a number of things that they believe that are clearly against the word of God, but in their mind, what is good is evil, and what is evil is good. It's, I mean, and it, it's, it's so blatant that, this, they're, they're saying, this is evil, but the Bible will call it good. And they say, this is good, the Bible will call it evil. It is not mincing words. It is not subtle. That, that is deception. It's not understanding what, what is behind, because it's just what we just read in Ephesians. There is an ignorance. There is a blindness. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Let me just say that while I mention that. We, are, we have an election in November. We need to judge each and every race by the Word of God. And it is so clear in so many areas what is true and with the Word of God and what is not. And we've, we've covered a number of topics and mentioned them. But you, you, we need to be discerning. It, you cannot make, I, I don't honestly understand, there are certain things like abortion. I don't understand how you can say, and I know I'll just be blunt, I don't understand how you can say you love God, you believe God, you believe His Word, and say it's okay to murder a baby. Period. Anybody that stands up and says that's okay, you have to seriously look at everything else they, they would say. Because it's just clearly against the Word of God. 
we have, to, we have to discern what the Bible says. There is no grayness as far as, well, I mean, the, the gauntlet's been thrown down in so many places in this earth right now. We are in a different time. And we, have, we cannot just slide by and say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. No, it matters. It matters what the Word of God says, and you have to seriously look at each and every person. Number one, vote. If you're going to stand by and not vote, and then, and then say, well, I don't like the person. Somebody will say, I don't like either person, so I'm not going to vote. You just made a decision. You made a decision to let somebody else make the decision. Okay? So if, we, if we'll exercise our, our right to vote, but we need to let the Word of God be our uh, standard. And we talked about a number of these things uh, a couple weeks ago. It is clear what is being called evil. There are things that are good, and what is good is evil. Proverbs 17, verse 15 says, He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just. Do you see any of that going on? Condemning good and justifying wicked behavior. Why? The underlying elements, there is more than just ideas. There are more than just the exchange of different approaches to solve a problem. Luke 16, 14 says, Now the Pharisees, who were, lo who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Well, there is a reality, there is a spirituality be behind. So for somebody to care what God thinks, they have to believe there's a God, which is part of the problem. The spiritual climate has convinced people it's just what you think. It's your idea, what you come up with, and you're entitled to your own opinion. Well, you can have your own opinion, but as a Christian, you don't get your own opinion. You, you do what God tells you to do. If he said something in his word is right, you don't have the ability, well, I just don't see it that way. No, there is no, the Bible says there's no private interpretation of the scripture. In other words, there's no two ways to cut it. It says what it says. People may differ, they think they're coming at it from different ways, but there is one way that's right. We can't say, well, I just don't see it that way. People have used that to twist things like homosexuality and lesbianism and transgenderism. I mean, there's people that actually use Scripture to try to justify that. It is so clear. What was Sodom and Gomorrah? It was destroyed because of the perversion. But people would try to justify that type of stuff. Now, you don't get your own opinion on it. Well, I just, I don't think that's, I, I, I don't like that. It doesn't matter what we like. What does the Word say? For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. 
Let's go ahead to John 8.42, get into a few things here. John 8.42, we read this and then we'll go on. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand, from, does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Jesus is saying that. I'm telling you the truth, but you don't believe me. Verse 46, which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Who, he who is of God hears God's words, therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. Now, verse 44, he's talking to the religious leaders. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. So we read that there is Satan's the God of this world. He blinds people. He influences them. The, the word... Jesus is saying here that the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. He's, when, he tell, when he speaks, basically, he's lying. Now, another verse, which we don't have up here, the Bible says the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We read that the world, they have their understanding darkened and are in ignorance of, they're alienated from the life of God because of ignorance. So there's this spiritual underlying element that is pushing and influencing ideas. We spent some time on that. Revelation 12, 9, turn there. Revelation 12, 9 says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Talking about the devil. So that great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. That's what he does. Why would somebody believe something that is clearly a lie according to the word of God? Why would somebody call what is good evil and what is evil good? Because there is an enemy in the spiritual realm... That is deceiving and causing that deception. The peop and there's people that believe lies that are sons and daughters. Could be sons and daughters of people that believe truth, but they've been deceived. They're people, their humanity, God loves them, God wants the best for them, but they're deceived by a spiritual element and they don't understand. See, the, the definition of being deceived or to deceive is to cause to roam from safety, truth, virtue, to go astray, to err, to seduce, to be out of the way. It means to 
lead into error, to seduce. So the thing about being deceived is you don't know you're deceived, otherwise you wouldn't be deceived. You don't know you're deceived. People say, well, there's no devil, there's no God. They're believing a lie, but they don't know it. Otherwise, they wouldn't believe it. The world lies under the sway of the wicked one. There is a strong deception in the world, but it doesn't look like what we're talking about here. There's a spiritual element that can't be seen. You can see the effects of it, but you can't see it. You can't hear it. But if you're spiritually discerning, you can pick up on it everywhere. In natural voices, in natural print, in natural images, you see the influence but people say, well, that's just people. Those are people that just made stuff up. This, just, this is just idea. No, it's not. There is a deceiver. His, his role, what he does is lie. What he does is deceive. And there are people that are deceived by the deceiver in the earth. And so you're not dealing with with ideas. We're not dealing just with a reason. You're not dealing with this person is just such a jerk and I just, I don't know why they believe that and get mad at them. Because you're dealing with something much thicker and deeper than that. That's in the world. Evil, evil is real. Satan is wicked and evil and propagates deception and lies against the truth. Revelation 20, verse 1. Revelation 20, verse 1 says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and he cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished, but after these things he must be released for a little while. Notice verse 3, he cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more. That's what he does. There's deceit. There is a spiritual element about the world that is seducing, that is natural, that is reason, that will reason people right out of believing God. People that have believed God. People that said they believed God. People that maybe you thought they were strong in believing God. Now don't know if they believe God anymore. We are in a time right now where you are seeing the church shaken. The combination of COVID and then all the social unrest and people being cooped up, people are falling 
off, I'm talking about in the world, and people are going through a shaking right now. People's faith is being pushed. And there's a t- we were talking about it on Wednesday, talking about praise. But you, the Bible says, just go, to, go over to 1 Peter. Can you pull up 1 Peter real quick? We didn't have this in, but we'll touch on this. 1 Peter 1, verse 7 and 8, around there. Can we go back to verse 6? Is that easy? In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Verse 7. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. What? We gotta go, there's tests in the world, like we said on Wednesday. I'm not saying God is doing things, but there are tests in the world. There is pressure in the world. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Next one. Whom having not seen, you love. Though you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So you don't see him, you don't feel him, but... You believe. Well, there is a spiritual force trying to cause people not to believe, to fall off, to say things are too hard. I don't know why this is happening. They get caught up with the ideas of this world swirling around in their heads so much, they start to doubt the wisdom and the truth that they have accepted. And they start, it starts chipping away at the very foundation of how they've lived their life. It now starts to push them in a direction that they, they, they start acting ignorantly, acting like there isn't a spiritual realm, acting like Jesus isn't the Christ, acting like we're not going to be in a spiritual realm in heaven very shortly, even if it's years, it's going to go like that, and we're going to be forever in a different realm. This life is the shortest thing we will ever do. So to get sidetracked by pressure of the current circumstances is not the wisdom of God. It's actually yielding to the pressure that's being brought about by spiritual forces in this realm to get people away from God. And you're seeing it a lot. Regardless of what the circumstances are, regardless of what the backdrop is, we need to focus on God and His Word and His truth and be strong in that. We need to to hold on to the wisdom of God and the truth of God's Word stronger now than we ever have. We need to press in, not pull back. The world is being rattled. I had a, preached on a a message last year, and I, I, uh, we have, if you go to our website, uh, down a little ways where um, the playlists are, there's a featured playlist, and it's in that. But it's, it was the, um, the kingdom of heaven is at hand in July. And we talked about just the, the spiritual climate, how it just, just seemed, seems to be vibrating, something's coming. 
We're in a different place right now. I encourage you, if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to it. We need to press into God, push in, not pull back, realizing the reality of the world, realizing there's a spiritual element. Don't fall into the trap of acting natural and not discerning spiritually the times, relationships, dynamics, people. The backdrop to how we live our lives, regardless of what it looks like. We need to know God. We need to know His Word. We need to be close to believers. We need to be in a strong body of believers. We need to press in to the, real, to the, the truth and the reality. The wisdom of God is seeing beyond and underneath what is the backdrop for the events we see. Right now, there is this pressure. Right now, there, there are all kinds of uh, forces pulling. And that's when we got to press in. Because don't be deceived if we yield to the wrong ideas, if we yield to the wrong influences, it will push us off. That's the nature of deception. When you think you can't be deceived, you are subject to deception. If you think it's okay to let up, let up for what? What are we yielding to? Well, it's okay to back away. It's okay you know, to look at different things. That's how people get off. Because now they're entertaining something that is engineered, designed to pull them off. Well, if you don't think any of that exists, we're subject to, we're subject to the, the results of it. Colossians 2.13 Let's, let's wind up here with a couple scriptures. Colossians 2, verse 13. says, You being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, Jesus, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Verse 15 says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a, a public spectacle of them, triumphing, it, triumphing over them in it. Talking about these forces, anything dark, anything deceptive, anything evil, Jesus has given us victory and authority over it. But we have to know what's going on and not yield to the influence. We have to know we have victory and power over any of that darkness. We have to be conscious of the fact that there is this spiritual realm, that we are in a position, seated with Jesus, 
with victory over anything that would be darkness, but we need to not yield to any of it. We need to know our position and know what's going on and know how to walk. But if we, if we put ourselves in a position for those things to influence us, even though we have authority, even though we've been seated with Jesus, even though there's, it doesn't have any legal authority over us, if we put ourselves in a position for us to influence, we can get to the place that we are dominated by the same thing that people without God are dominated by. And we need to be aware of that, aware that we are in a position, regardless of what things look like, the church is in a position of victory. Don't look at the natural and judge how you are going to be based on what the circumstances you see. Don't say, if this would happen, if somebody doesn't get elected, if this doesn't happen, I don't know. Have you looked at the way the, the early church was? It was in the Roman Empire. There was no... But there was no, uh, there's no comment in the New Testament or in Acts anywhere that says if such and such happens or such and such doesn't happen, the church is done away with, in the, referring to the natural realm. There's nothing that the disciples didn't say, if the, if the emperor does such and such, we can't, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says any of that. Does that affect our lives? It does affect our lives. Do we, do we pray for our government officials? Do we believe for them? Yes, we do. But don't take the church and put it under all that and, and make it so that we can't thrive in the midst of anything. Because you're taking your eyes off Jesus and putting it on men. And you're setting yourself up to be shaken by the same things the world is shaken by. And fear. And anxiety. And openness to uh, wrong ideas. That's how Satan works. As the church, we pray for our leaders. We believe for them. We support them. So regardless of... Where they come from, we are to pray for them and uh, do what we can that to, as a Christian, when we pray and believe God for wisdom for them and insight for them and direction, regardless of where they come from, so that we can lead a godly and peaceable life. But you can't put your existence into their hands and say that if such and such doesn't happen, or if such and such does happen, then that means God can't show up. Because the whole beginning of the church was in a backdrop of the Roman Empire. You guys okay? We're wrapping up. We need to understand that. We need to understand, yes, there's evil, we have victory over evil. There is deception. There is pushing. Don't yield to what everybody else is yielding to. Center up on God. Press into His Word. Know who you are in Christ. Know what God has done. And know that we will be okay 
as the church, regardless, we have victory through God. Period. Don't get your eyes on man. Don't get your eyes on the arguments and trying to, you know, debate people when you're dealing with something that goes deeper. We need to preach the gospel. We need to share Jesus. We need to share the truth. But you can't force somebody with the truth. God doesn't. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get pushed off. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1, we'll wrap up with this. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I don't care if they're godly people. We want to support godly men and women. But don't put your faith in the wisdom of men as your salvation. Because when, if something, when things don't look right, you're going, that, the, you can't have that. That's not a strong foundation. It's got to be on the Word of God. It can't be who's in office. It has to be who it's got to be on God. It's got to be in who your God is. And that you know Him. And that regardless, He's God. And regardless, if you know Him and you've believed on Him, you're His child. And everything that we talk about and preach from the Word of God in here, it does not just apply in the sunny day situation. Do you know what I mean by that? You know, when we say that in software all the time, you know, you write a piece of software and you do a little testing, you know, sunny day, everything's perfect, the golden path, and it works. Okay, it's great. No, it doesn't. You got to test it in the rainy day. You got to test it when stuff is breaking everywhere. Otherwise, you know, it's not fully tested. Well, God's word works regardless of the circumstances. If it only works when everything is perfect, it's not the word of God. It's somebody's idea. Do we want everything peaceable all the time? Do we pray for our leaders? Yes, that's, that's what we want. That's what we believe. But it does not change the Word of God. God's wisdom holds true in any situation. His perspective. He'll give us wisdom and direction and help. And to see the true nature, we can make good decisions because we see past just the circumstance. Praise God.